Hoagie's Garage stole. Back hey. from our week off. Yeah, we had to take a little break. Uh, well, you had a wedding. That takes up a little time. My daughter got married last Sunday. Uh, in between uh, little mini tornadoes here in Leicester, yeah. I would say. The, let's see, we got married on Sunday. And Sunday night, the steeple on the church where we got married uh, blew, blew off. off right, yeah. Tope? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I, it's all starting to run together during so many wind events. <laughs> And then you took a vacation. Yep, I took a little mini vacation, went and drove around down in Iowa for a while, ended up in Knoxville for the Saturday night show. Got a little late for me, but we made her. I stayed till the very end. Rain delay and a double feature. Yep. So <laughs> then, of course, then I had to go in the pits, which I could have maybe not done that, but you got to go visit a little bit. Well, so when you only get down there once, maybe twice a year. Yep. You I'll get there twice this do, year because yeah. we're going back for the nationals. Yeah. So yeah, I got, I got to bed by two. Before that, I had. Uh, I coach girls golf, and um, Maddie DeYoung made yep. it to state. Um, the team was really close to going, but we missed out by a few strokes. But uh, that was my Thursday and Friday down in uh, Cedar Falls. Yep. Got back Saturday. It was dress rehearsal or wedding get, rehearsal yep, or wedding. Get everything set up for the wedding, and then Sunday wedding. So we've been a little busy. So. I showed up for the wedding in my racing T-shirt with the push truck. That's right. Skipped the reception with the Husit, so... <laughs> Uh, your daughter so, didn't seem to mind she seemed okay with it yeah so. absolutely but anyways absolutely. tonight's show should be a good one yeah this you gal's know, done a lot of stuff already mckenna hasse yes you know and uh obviously fem female driver our first one that we've had on um just gonna be good to she's done a lot of things already Tom. yeah you know well, we talked earlier about some of that go-kart and stuff she does with kids and different things it'll be fun to learn more about that yeah yeah. So I'm looking so. forward to it. Should be a good show, I think. Absolutely. So we'll be right back. DRG Mechanical in Leicester, Iowa. They can help you with whole house geothermal systems for heat, air, and hot water. Leak repair. Regular furnace and air conditioner maintenance. Home comfort evaluation and system load analysis. Construction and remodel planning assistance. New features for your kitchen and bathroom. They do it all. They are amazing. Uh, I'd even like to say that I used to work with them back when I was in high school and in college. Um, just an absolute great company. Loved working with Dan Gerber, Davey Roman. Um, just absolutely great, great people and a very well-run business give them a call 1-800-745-6970 they have more locations than just Leicester Iowa um, but that's the one that I call home because there's no better place than Leicester Iowa and we're here at Hoagie's Garage with McKenna Hassey what she just told me is like sassy. So I don't know. Are you sassy a little bit or not? Mm, I try not to be. <laughs> <laughs> try being the key word, right? That's what I tell people. Yeah. <laughs> um, could you, uh, McKenna, just give us a little bit about you yourself. Tell us about your family um, and whatever else you want to share about yourself. Yeah, so my name is McKenna Hassey. I'm 25 years old. I'm originally from Des Moines, Iowa, but I live in Indianapolis. Um, I have a mom, a dad, and a sister, an older sister, who lives in Nashville. And my family still lives in Des Moines. And let's see, I don't come from really a racing family. 
I got into the sport through meeting Casey Kane in a shopping mall. I also had a cousin that raced at one point, and I started racing when I was 13. I started racing box stock outlaw carts and bought my own car and started getting sponsors at that age and then went from outlaw carts to micro sprints to sprint cars when I was 17. So how, how did the Casey Kane thing play into getting you to racing? So we, um, we were out for dinner in Nashville and he was signing autographs in a mall, but I didn't actually know who he was. And so I had kind of wandered over to see what was going on, but then I left because I, I didn't know who he was and they said it was over anyway. So he saw me though and thought I didn't get an autograph. So he kind of chased me down and <laughs> he started talking to like me and my family and asking us about where we were from. And when we said Des Moines, Iowa, he was like, Oh, so I bet you guys go to Knoxville a lot thinking that like we were there to see him and new racing and everything. And my parents knew what that was, but like, I didn't have a clue what he was <laughs> even talking about. And so I just thought it was like really cool though, that I met somebody famous and I don't know. It's just like a light bulb went off. Like I just totally fell in love with, racing in nascar and i was like casey's biggest fan so i went to watch him race at iowa speedway and then slideways karting center was there and so i saw that and started going to slideways and then i started going to knoxville in 2009 as a fan and then i started racing in 2010 that's that's a that's a great story (laughs) yeah my my quick thing about casey kane i have a few of them so first time (laughs) i ever saw him was in las vegas uh, we went to a World of Outlaw race out there, and he was just in the pits. So saw him there. Um, last year at Knoxville, I asked him to take a picture with me, and he did. But we did it in front of a number nine car because that's my favorite number, which he thought was like the weirdest thing in the world. And then oh, the other thing is my wife has always thought he's the best-looking guy ever. <laughs> well, uh- I would say uh, that she's probably not alone in that. <laughs> so that's why you got into racing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thought they were all good nine, looking. I was nine years old, so. <laughs> now that, that's a great story. That's really neat that you meet a guy by chance, like you said, and he runs you down more or less to talk to you because he felt bad. And that's just great. That's a cool story. So. Yeah. In 2010, you said you started racing. So how? what did you all do for racing, and how did you eventually build up? Um, yeah, so I originally drove somebody else's car, basically. Um, the I met the owner of English Creek Speedway through this crazy story, and he was kind of impressed with my racing knowledge through talking to him about the track and everything. So he offered for me to drive his grandson's car one night and my dad said no because my dad knew that it was kind of for kids that were interested in getting involved and like buying a car and everything and he's like you're not gonna be doing that so don't get in the kid's car but um eventually like I just wouldn't let it drop so eventually I got in this kid's car anyway and uh I did pretty good like I ran ran it out of gas like I went so long and um did pretty well and my dad was watching and so I think he knew at that point um it was game over so I had say I'd been saving my money and got this car so it was a box stock outlaw cart and my first season yeah it was 2010 at English Creek Speedway so we ran just probably like 10 races or so um and did pretty well we ran like 
don't remember where we finished in the points, like top five in the points and um, didn't get my first win, but I got my first win the second season. So I won a few times in that class. And then I got my micro in 2012 and started doing that. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good story. I like your stories. You're doing really good so far. <laughs> Thank you. So what, what are some of your biggest moments so far in racing that you remember? I mean, it doesn't have to be your first win. I mean, just something that really pops out in your head. Uh, man, that's tough. Um, I think just kind of like all the fr- full circle moments are really cool. Like um, Skip Jackson was kind of my hero because he was sponsored by Slideways. And so I ran the Slideways League for two years. I was in the men's league when I was like, 11 and 12 um so I did that every Thursday at Slideways and the fastest well and then I would go on the weekends too and I would put in like two to three hundred laps and I would drive all the different cars there there's like 15 of them and the best one was the 55 so I would like always drive that car even though like you know I should have tried the other ones because I had that one figured out but I was just (laughs) obsessed with it so that's why my number is 55 because they used to always say that's McKenna's car um well, anyway, so, like, my – so, like, now I have a, a replica car there at Sideways, but it's, like, my 55. So that's kind of cool because that kind of came full circle. Um, and then Skip Jackson, like, he kind of became a mentor of mine, like, all these years later and has played a big part in my career. So um, so that's kind of cool. And then just, like, a lot of the guys I looked up to when I was younger, Casey being one of them, like, it's just cool to get to race him now and to – just have a lot of relationships with people that I used to look up to and now we're racing each other or things like that. So I think that's been like some of the cooler moments, I guess, of my career. And then just, just getting to do things that like, I never would have thought I would do. Um, when I was running block stock at English Creek, they had future stars night at Knoxville where they had like your car on display. And then during intermission, they let the kids drive one lap around the track and, that was when the intermissions at Knoxville used to be longer. And so like the drivers used to come out and like kind of walk the track and things like that. So we got to drive one lap around the track and I got to be the first one because I was the oldest kid there. So they let the oldest kid lead. So I got to like lead all the kids around the track, um, in my outlaw car. And I was like, I'm not gonna lie. Was I was going to say, like could them, they keep but, up? Uh, well, we were just going slow. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. They just let us like kind of pace around, you know, just to kind of show off our cars and then all the pro drivers would, like, wave at us when they drive by or, or whatever, like, try to make it cool for us. But I was, like, bawling the entire time because, <laughs> uh, like, if you go look at the pictures, you can see it kind of through my helmet. Um, but, like, happy tears, right? Like, because yep. this was, like, the greatest, like, that was the pinnacle of my life at that time. Like, nothing was ever going to beat it for me. Like, I was, like, I've driven one lap around Knoxville Raceway. Like, that's it. I'm done. Like, that's my life. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool at the time. So, uh, now it's cool to get to race there and, um, to start the outlaw feature last year at Knoxville was cool and do the four wide and stuff. So that kind of came full circle. So I think those are some of my favorite moments. Now talking the full circle, have you ever shared that story with Casey Kane? I'm assuming you have maybe. Oh yeah. 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 I figured you did. If you hadn't, you'd better. Yeah. It's ended up in quite a few different media things now so yeah i think the first time he shared it himself was when um jeff gluck did an article on me at the nationals a couple of years ago and um casey shared it on his social media so that's cool yeah that is that's cool um so you moved from des moines and i believe you said indianapolis yes uh, is there you know 
that's obviously probably even bigger than Knoxville as far as racing goes. Is there a reason you moved to Indianapolis? Yeah, another crazy story, but basically in a nutshell. Well, um, you can, I, it, it can be a long story. Whatever you want to share. <laughs> okay, well. We got to quit when you got to leave for whatever you got tonight. <laughs> okay. Um, essentially, I really wanted to race midgets um, because I wanted to win like in something without a wing, right? And yep. I was bound and determined to do this. Well, I kind of got a midget opportunity and then lost it. And I was kind of just furious, honestly. And so I um, woke up in the middle of the night. I text my best friend and I said, I just want you to know I'm going to do something stupid. And she was like, oh, God, oh no. you know, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> here we go again. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm buying a one-way plane ticket to Indianapolis and I'm not coming back until I have um, an opportunity or a plan, one of the two. So I packed a bag, got on a one-way flight to Indianapolis and about the time that, so I had another, so I had a friend in Indy and I called them and told them what happened. And they were like, well, let me call some teams and see if I can set you up with any meetings. And so originally the, before I got on the flight, they had said, oh yeah, so-and-so is going to call you and so-and-so is going to call you. Well, I called my friend back and I was like, look, um, I'm coming to Indy. And they're like, well, why? And I said, if they're going to say no, they're going to say it to my face. Like, I'm not going to take a phone call. So... I'm on this flight and this kid is sitting next to me on the second leg of the flight flying into Indy and he was about my age and I looked over at him and I'm like sweating and I was like hey like why are you on this plane and he's like uh because I'm going to Indy for a work trip why are you on this plane and I'm like well I raised forever and I got this major ride but then I lost the major ride and then I'm like on this so I tell him the whole story I'm like on this plane and he's like well that's quite a story and I'm like yeah I know so um I hope this goes well so um, we get to Indy and I was there for about like a week or two, um, met with a bunch of people, made a bunch of phone calls and basically left with a plan. Um, not necessarily an opportunity, but I did have full fledged sponsorship at Knoxville Raceway that year to run for the 360 championship. Like I had sponsors put up like the money and like just the support to be like for me to run for the championship which I actually threw away in order to kind of do this, which was kind of nuts, honestly, um, <laughs> looking back. like, And so I went back home eventually, packed like everything I had, and just left. Like I lived here for 22 years in the same house, and I just like up and left. And But I just felt like just such a strong call to do this. Like I just felt like on my heart, like this is what I needed to do. Well, the only problem was I didn't actually have a place to live once I got there, right? So like <laughs> um, everybody was like, where are you going to live? And I'm like, well, I just have this like vision or like this thought or whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, I really want to live with like an older like Christian couple that their kids are grown. And I don't really want to live like with them, but kind of just like, I don't know. I just have this vision that somebody has like a guest house or something like that, you know, or like some other area. Room above the garage or something. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, there's gotta be somebody like that because I'm a people person and I'm like, I don't really want to get an apartment. I don't really want to buy a house, you know? Cause like, like I just wasn't sure. So I'm like, okay, you know, that in like the 15th row of every church, there's gotta be like some older lady that makes really good chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) 
And that's your mom. mom. That's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that would love for me to come and live with them, right? So I thought that would be easy. So I start calling churches, and I'm like, hi, my name's McKenna. I'm raised forever. I'm coming here. I have all my stuff and nowhere to live. Is there anybody in your church that would take me in? To, in um, apparently, they all lied. Okay, because like <laughs> I called like fifteen churches, and they're like, no, "Yeah, no, there's nobody that meets that description." And I'm like, "Come on, there's got to be somebody." So eventually, I called a church, and the IndyCar chaplain goes to that church, and they found out about me, and so they offered. They're like, "We can take you in for a month," and because their daughter just happened to be like gone for a month. So they gave me her room. It was that month. And so I showed up, stayed with them for a month. Um, and then and then I had nowhere to live again. And so, so then I went and I met some other girls through this church. And that didn't work out. And then I stayed with somebody else. I was kind of just like hopping around, okay? Well, finally, I like went back to calling churches. And um, all of a sudden, I get an email from some older lady who lived in Greenwood, Indiana with her husband, their kids were grown and they had a guest house on their property. So I moved in and that's where I've been ever since for three years. (laughs) uh, Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, she makes really good chocolate chip cookies. And and, uh, I eat them all the time. So that's been great. Like they have a beautiful property and then their neighbor just so happened to be really big into racing and, Uh, so I became really close with their family and then started going to their church and met a bunch of my friends now through that church. So that's kind of how I ended up in Indy. And then meanwhile, it was a kind of, kind of the same story with like a job. Like I I was kind of just like banging down doors of race shops, trying to scrub people's floors and just trying to make connections. And then, um, that ended up working out in the end also. So (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Anybody that knows me knows I wouldn't have done something like that, especially not back then. So I give you credit for being brave enough to do that. Tobe and I, in, in case you don't know Lester, Iowa, that's where we're actually yeah. from. I mean, Tobe lives in Rock Rapids now, which is eight miles away, but it's a village of Lester. There's 250 people here. And that's maybe if there's a birthday party oh, going wow. on. And there's no way we're moving to Indianapolis. No, no. <laughs> You're one brave individual. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a short break and come right back. I'd like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers, and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane, Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. All right, we're back at Hoagie's Garage with McKenna. Um, what are, you know, it's a great story so far, but what are some of your favorite tracks and what are some maybe you don't like so much? 
favorite tracks, like obviously Knoxville, you know. Yep. Like <laughs> is up there. Um and then what else? I like uh let's see. I like Atomic is probably one of my top favorite tracks. And I like Eldora, depending on how evil it wants to be. Um, <laughs> some of my least favorite tracks would probably be Kokomo. And um, Lawrenceburg is kind of tricky, like sometimes, uh, especially for like setting up the car, in my opinion. So some of, some of those tracks, I would say, would be the tougher ones for me. So, so do you like the bigger tracks or do you don't mind the short ones or doesn't it really matter to you? I like, I like the big tracks or I like the, so I like 34. I forgot 34. That's probably one of my top favorite tracks too. Um, I really like tracks like that where there's like, um, smaller, but more oval or like almost like a circle. So I like the ones where you're carrying more speed around a smaller track versus like paper clips or something like that. Like yeah. I really like the like Atomic and 34, the way those are shaped, kind of similar. Have you ever been up to Houston? I've been up there as a crew person, but not as a driver. Are you coming to the High Bank Nationals at all? There's a lot of good money up for that. Um, I think I have to go to the NASCAR Cup race the weekend of that race. So, but yeah, that, that doesn't that doesn't sound bad. You have I, to go. I happened to be down at Knoxville <laughs> this weekend and watched you run. I was on a little mini vacation with the misses. Oh, really? And, um, <laughs> Had well, had I known you and Bud had this lined up, I would have made a point to stop over and say hi. But you had a decent run. I mean, you had to come out of the B, but you moved up good in the A. Yeah, yeah. I thought I actually made more ground than what I thought. So we had like, so I don't really have a crew this year. Um, I have like some guys helping me at the track, but during the week, like it's just me. Um, and then like my dad pitches in, or just whoever like is available to help. Um, or some friends and stuff. And so, um, needless to say, when you go to Knoxville and don't always know what you have underneath of you 100%, uh, that's been a little bit different for me. Um, mm -hmm. So Saturday, for example, uh, I didn't, um, long story short, I had a guy help me put the front end in, and I didn't necessarily double check everything the way that I should have. And so um, qualifying and heat race, I had like an issue with the car and then figured out that the front end was towed in and, uh, and some other things. And so <laughs> got that fixed. Um, but then like, I was like scrambling to get everything done and then got in my car and that's right. Like right when it started to rain before the B main. So I got back out of my car. Well, then we had like this hour long rain delay and the more uh -huh. I got to looking at the car, found a couple other things, <laughs> uh, <laughs> needed some fixing. And so, Got that all worked out. Um, some other drivers helped me. I'm not going to call them out because they probably don't want to be, but I really appreciate their help. So got uh, got it fixed for the B, except I still had um, – I had an under like an underlying issue in the B that I couldn't quite figure out if – I couldn't quite pinpoint it, but essentially it was one of those deals that I – like I wasn't going to fix it at the track, right? And so um, was still able to hang on, run second in the B, and then for the A – uh, it was actually fine. Like, it didn't do the same thing that it did. Uh, I think it was just because the track blew off enough to where it wasn't as obvious. But yep. um, 
I kind of wish like the first start I, I passed a lot of cars and then that got called back with the crash. Yep. Um, and then the second start wasn't quite as good for me. So I kind of wish that first one would have stuck. And I also kind of wish that if I knew the car wasn't going to react the way that it did in the B, I, I just wish I'd, I don't know. It, I, you, it's a racing thing. You can always look back and wish, but either way, it was still okay. Like I'm glad we still were able to finish out the night and salvage like a decent night. Sure. I just kind of had to reevaluate my expectations a little bit here and there. Yeah. yeah. So your the rain delay was actually good for you then, you could say. Yeah. No, it was definitely definitely good for us. Good for you and the concession stands <laughs> and dingus. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> That's probably about it. I was like, it's never a good sign when like everybody else is just hanging out in their trailer and I'm like thrashing on my car but um <laughs> but it's all good I, at least we uh we were able to finish and then i was able to like fix the other stuff this week so we should be good now so so what are you all doing this year sprint car wise are you doing any other kind of racing what's what's your what are you all doing this year so well the plans has changed quite a few times so my original crew guy that was supposed to be with me he um got a very, very large offer last minute from um, some guy named Chip Ganassi to work for some guy named Jimmy Johnson. And so... Oh, that, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a little tough to pass that one up, probably. Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, we had a lot of good conversations about it, but unfortunately, like that, like he made the right decision, but it just kind of... Uh, it was just hard to find help this year, basically, to put it that way. And so... Um, so originally I was going to run like the same schedule I ran last year, kind of, but a little bit more intense. So we were hoping to run 40 shows mainly out like by me in Indiana, Ohio, and then come back for, to Knoxville for the big shows. Well, then I ended up landing the Hy-Vee sponsorship kind of last minute. And then without having the extra crew help, I decided to kind of come back and race a little bit more around here. Um, and then just race back home where I, when I have like the help available back home, which you know, early in the year in Indiana, like there's just so much racing out there with like the month of May and all the IndyCar stuff. And then just like all the speed weeks and things like that. And so it was harder to find help during those months, during those months. But I'm hoping as the year goes on, I'll be able to race back home a little bit more, um, back home in Indiana. It's kind of hard, uh, but I don't mind like being out here though too. Like it's been good to be back home in Iowa and then get, you know, some laps at Knoxville right now. And, things like that. Um, so we were just going to run 410, but I think I also might end up running some 360 stuff just a little bit. And then in terms of other cars, I'm not really sure yet. I was going to try to run like some TQ midget stuff back home and maybe like a little sports car stuff, but I, yeah, I just don't know. It just kind of depends on whatever falls into place. Like my main focus is the 410. So I'm just going to try to get as many laps in that as possible, but with like the limited, crew help it's hard to turn the car around very quickly to run like multiple nights back to back so that part is been like really frustrating because last year we raced you know up to four nights in a row and now it's kind of like i've got to kind of do what i have the ability to do so so then you just got the 55 car then you drive that back and forth or haul it back and forth then or does that one stay in knoxville or um it just kind of depends on the week like it has gone back and forth um, but it's also stayed here. Um, it just kind of depends on, like we went back, for example, to run Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and then, you know, it came back and forth. So, yep. but if we're running like multiple weeks here back to back, like we've left it here a couple times. Okay. You bet. So who, who are, uh, some of your sponsors? 
Besides, we just heard high V anyhow, so that's a nice one to have. Yeah, high V, um, Delta Dental of Iowa, Laura Kopetsky Triax, Casey's Autojet. Um, ooh, I have a new one. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. I almost said it. Um, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble. Uh, stay tuned. And then um, Drain Tech, Stop 11 Coffee, which is our new coffee venture that we started. And who are we missing? KNC Drywall, Hooker Harness, Bell Helmets, OMP, um, Mahaska, and Trixie's, Lamo. I think that's everybody. Hope I'm not missing anybody. Uh, <laughs> we have some other like associate sponsors and uh, things like that. But the, the, in general, the <laughs> sponsors have to get used to once in a while being skipped over in the heat of the moment or something. Yeah, they, they all equally matter to me, though. But yeah. it is. Well, they're all uh, important. <laughs> When you're not looking at the car, sometimes it, it's um, hard to remember who all's on there. So, so I I know you're talking. You know, it's hard to find crew and stuff like that. But what are some of your goals and dreams that you have with racing? I mean, where where do you see your where do you, would you like to see yourself say in five years? I would like to run. So I want to win in a four ten, especially at Knoxville, and then I want to run like a partial tour schedule. So, um. Like, I would like to pick a chunk of the Outlaw Tour, for example, and then just run that. And that's kind of my biggest goal. Like, I just really, really want to race on tour. It's been really fun running Indiana and, like, running those different tracks. And just, I've learned so, so much out there, like, learning not only about the cars, but how to fabricate and just all of the different areas of racing. Um, and just learning about, like, you're around the manufacturers a lot. And so just learning about the components and the brakes and the shocks and just everything it's been really beneficial for me and out there it's like your lifestyle. Like it's, it's like what everybody does kind of for like a living. Um, even if it's not driving, right. Like you can work for the different manufacturers or whatever. And so that's just been a big learning experience for me. And so I just want to continue to like race different tracks and travel and, and race like on tour. So. Sure. Pick up the Midwest swing or run for, six weeks or two months or something with them if you could that'd be kind of fun i'm sure yeah for sure and like at the 410 level it's hard to be successful if you're not racing a whole ton because yep. those guys are running upwards of 100 shows a year and so to just come out and run like 20 shows a year it's it's really tough to be competitive and then also just physically as a driver as an athlete like it's tough to stay in good race shape and have good reaction times and things like that and so that's another reason why i want to race more consistently is i feel like i've never I've not really had the opportunity to kind of be compared like apples to apples with, sure, you know, drivers that are doing that. And even budget wise, like I've just not been able to afford to run like more than 20 to 30 shows a year. And so I would just like the opportunity um, to just race as much as possible so that when I do walk away from the sport one day, I want to be able to know, like I did everything I could and try to accomplish everything I could. So what she's saying, bud, is you and me ain't in good enough shape. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're definitely not good enough shape. All right. Well, neither am I. <laughs> um, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back. Lester Days 2022 is August 20th. Put that on your calendar. It's going to be another great year. Um you know, last year we had a smoking competition, and we're going to do that again. We had fire truck rides. We had a uh, little kid uh, tractor pull, uh, golf ball drop. Um, you know, we're at, we're going to add some things that we think are going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, we're going to 
I think, have a glow run on Friday night, the night before. So just a bunch of fun things that are going on in the great village of Leicester, Iowa. Come and enjoy the day with us in Leicester. Hey, and we're back on Hoagie's Garage. Uh, so, McKenna, we were talking a little bit off the air, and I, I know you really don't like this question, but I'm still going to ask it. Um, you know, racing, for the most part, has been male-dominant. So what is it like as a female to be in, in, in the sport of racing? Uh, <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's... It is perfectly fine. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. It's it comes with like certain challenges, I guess. But um, it's also a little bit more rewarding sometimes, I guess, when people expect a little less out of you and and you're able to um, earn their respect. And I think for me, especially this season, more than any other, it's just been really, really, really re- rewarding to just be able to work alongside other competitors and then also just some of our product suppliers and just to have them treat you like you're any other driver and to just bend over backwards to, to just help you and treat you like any other racer that that really means a lot to me. And I think at the end of the day, like you still have to earn your respect no matter what. Um, even if you're at a disadvantage for whatever reason. Um, so I think that that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, I think, yeah, I think like the frustrating part can just be like trying to earn that respect or trying to get people to, um, to take you seriously. But I just think you've kind of just got to go out there and prove it in any way, shape or form, whether that's like a driver, mechanic, fabricator, team owner, like you've got to prove, uh, that you can do it. And even, even if you have like some extra hurdles in the way, um, well, that doesn't matter if you're a a man or a woman you still got to it's racing you know you got to prove it you got to show you can do it that's it doesn't matter what for sure yeah I mean of course you're always gonna have like I don't know there's kind of sometimes like a good old boys club or whatever you want to call it um that you'll hear about or that term used but I mean don't get me wrong like there can definitely be people that have different opinions about women and women in racing or whatever um but for me I just feel like this is what my purpose is in life and I feel like I'm in the right place. Um, and I think, yeah, it, like racing or especially sprint racing is, is challenging in general, probably, especially, you know, for women to get into it or whatever. But, um, but I just think for me, I really love the grind of sprint car racing. Like I love how physically difficult it is both on and off the track and living in Indy. I've been around like a lot of other kinds of racing, like Indy car formula stuff and asphalt, different asphalt stuff. And, um, for me, like, I just, it's not as much of like, um, a grind in some ways, like it's not as dirty, you know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I just really appreciate that, like grassroots, like just a really nitty gritty lifestyle of sprint car racing. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, it's, um, it's just been trying to pave that path. And sometimes it's honestly not just being a female as much as it can be sometimes just being a young person too. Like, I think that that can be challenging um it probably more so on the team owner side sometimes like when you're trying to like hire people or get sponsors or whatever like it can be hard for people to take you as seriously maybe when you're younger um as well so like yeah don't get me wrong like I've had a lot of 
of different like challenges and things like that. But I think like well, the that's greatest... every team owner probably to a yeah, certain extent well, to hire people. Yeah, yeah. I just I have seen situations where men can sometimes just carry like uh, what's what I'm looking for like um like their presence I guess can be like powerful um and just like when it comes to being a, a strong leader like sometimes men can just carry that presence or whatever when they yeah. walk into a room um and so I do appreciate the men who still take me seriously and treat me like with respect and and things like that like I think um I think that's like the greatest honor but I think the way to do that at least for me has just been coming um like you have to kind of take ownership of everything like you can't for a second like let like you have to kind of be hands-on with every single aspect like if somebody else is doing something for you then you're not going to kind of learn that element of it and so for me that's been like really important to me this year is just really being hands-on with everything so that if I have a question about shocks or whatever it might be breaks or whatever that I'm the one making the phone call I'm the one asking those questions and that way I'm building those relationships with the people on the other side of that and so um so I think that's been huge for me and at the end of the day like it's you can't really do anything by yourself you know like you still got to have people to help but this year I've definitely been more independent than any other year and that has like allowed me to learn more than I ever have in, in certain areas. It's all good information for us to know about. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that, the karting program you have with the kids. I mean, how did it start? And I mean, it seems like it's a really amazing program that you have going there. Yeah. So we started compass in 2015 and that was a program where we wanted to give kids the chance to race that wouldn't receive one otherwise and then it just kind of snowballed into its own little world and it basically acts as a ministry like essentially one of my goals with compass is to just help guide kids and love kids in ways that maybe they need that extra person in their life or just kind of another figure other than their parent to kind of help push them in the right direction in life and so um, I've just been really involved at English Creek Speedway with the kids and just helping them and supporting them and um, being able to sponsor different kids and things like that. And then in 2019, I founded Youth Racers of America, which was basically taking the Compass concept in some ways and making it national. And so we provide camps, clinics, safety gear, and educational resources for kids nationwide. It is a 501c3 foundation, and we have three different programs. One is for kids to help them get into racing, which is something I'm passionate about because not coming from a racing family, it's been really difficult to find the right resources and to just kind of learn as I go throughout the sport. Like there's not, it's not like there's just one place that you could just call and ask questions, which that's what we offer at YRA. People can call and ask questions. And so that's something that I'm passionate about. We help, we re, every single week, we work with families nationwide to help them find racing in their area and then walk them through that process. And then our second program is for kids in racing. And so a lot of kids that are in racing, there's not a lot of resources offered to them like other sports where you can go to like volleyball camp in the summer and get better or learn from the professionals. Like in youth racing, it's just kind of like you show up and race and go home. So we offer the camps and clinics where we have pros come out and teach the kids. And then they go through different seminars on, you know, marketing or safety or um, 
fitness or whatever the topic might be. And then our third program is our career program for teenagers. And so we set teenagers up with job shadows and internship opportunities. And so uh, we've been able to work with specifically IndyCar on a lot of those, also NASCAR, um, and working with like teams like Ganassi and Andretti to allow kids to go there and spend the day there and learn um, all the different areas of working for an IndyCar team. And so um, that's what we do at YRA and Compass. That's, 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 that's pretty awesome. That, yeah, that's great. I mean, that somebody's willing to do that and help the kids, you know, to get involved. Because, I mean, if you don't have the kids or somebody starting out racing, then where's racing down the road, you know? Eventually, everybody gets old, and we got to have somebody else coming up to race, so. Right, and unfortunately, in sport racing specifically, it's, it's pretty tough because when kids go to school for, like, automotive or even motorsports, a lot of it is targeted towards you know, IndyCar and NASCAR. Yep. And like I said, we're working with teams like Ganassi and Andretti, which is great for them. But uh, for sprint car racing, like I said, it is hard to find crew help. And even some of the bigger teams are in the same boat. And the reality is we have to look at our sport and think about, well, who's coming up underneath? Like, what what are we breeding? Yep. And there's just not, like, a lot of programs where kids can learn about what sprint cars are and how they work and, like, how to work on them. Yeah. Um, well, if you you know so, if you want to do the sprint car thing for a living, you know you have to be with one of the series more or less. You could say, and correct, and that's a grind. I mean, oh, like yes. the outlaw yes. schedule to do that full schedule, that is not an old man's job to follow that around. Because I mean, sure. there's some nights and days that are awful short. For sure, yeah, and I believe that those people are out there. It's no different than when NASCAR started recruiting pit crew people from the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a method that they used. And I believe in sprint car racing, there are, you know, young people out there that would really love it. Like, I, well, I'm one of them. If I wasn't driving, I would love to be a mechanic, you know? Here. And so, and I wouldn't mind the grind. Like, I wouldn't mind, like, young people, like, they don't have a family. Like, they don't have, you know, yep. uh, kids or whatever. Like, that would be a really great opportunity for a lot of them. But the reality is, like, where are they going to go to school to learn how to do that? Um where or how are they even going to hear about it to begin with? And so that's something that we are, I don't, it's been a tough one to figure out because. Because yeah, it's a it lot of hands kind on of, experience to in the dirt. Well, I mean, that's yeah. what it amounts to. That, and it also takes people being willing to take the time to educate. And I feel like sprint car racing and sprint car mechanics, like because it is such a grinding schedule and they're so busy, like it's tough to, um, to find people that would be willing to like, teach kids and, yeah. and different things like that and so that's one that um that we're still working on but i do hope in the future that we can grow yra to where we could have like a sprint car program and have like a streamlined process for getting more kids involved so you you said this is a 503c what is there a way if somebody's listening and they want to help donate to help kids race is there a way they can do that yeah so our website is youthracersofamerica.com and there's a donate button on the website, but there's also a, oh, an address that you can send checks to. And also, um, every month we do like a giveaway and the kids have to do something in order to, um, be eligible for it. And so this past month they had to submit, their report card or a school accomplishment from this year in order to win uh, or for a chance to win a free fire suit or a $100 gift card. And then 
next month, it's going to be um, kids have to nominate another kid at their track that they think deserves to be recognized for being a good sport and a good person. And then whoever wins, whoever wins, like whoever gets nominated, they get a prize and then so does the person that nominated them. So we are also looking for donors donations for that in terms of items so like if people are interested in donating a fire suit or gloves or tools or whatever uh, that's something we're looking for because we would like to reward more than one prize per month that's that's awesome any idea how many kids you this program has helped total could you so yeah compass has probably impacted like 20 to 30 that's very um, hands-on and then YRA has probably impacted like 150 to 200 that's that's, that's awesome outstanding. Yeah. are any of them getting are any of them going into sprint car world or is there any names to look at for us race gurus that Nerds. are get, starting to get older um yeah so last year at Knoxville we did a world of outlaw clinic where the outlaws came out and coached a lot of the kids from English Creek Speedway so that was a really good clinic and then we had our we had nascar cup guys come out and coach our nascar clinic so i definitely think you know there's some really good kids in those programs that are really talented and then i think what's what's the easiest to kind of gauge for us is the team career program because a lot of those kids are teenagers and so they're closer to kind of seeing where they're gonna go in their career whereas with like our driving program a lot of the kids that we help are a lot younger so it's harder to tell where they're gonna end up but regardless like we're just trying to um, make sure that they have like a firmer foundation and we've gotten really good reviews from the parents like just talking about how a lot of the things these kids have learned at YRA events um, have like impacted them uh, we also had like Sarah Fisher come to one of our events and she has a development program and one of her drivers Elliot Cox came and um, he learned through our seminars and stuff and then he's racing for Sarah this year so we've been able to reach a lot of different um, forms of racing that's awesome. Um, this, I don't know if this is really a question or not, but this is me thinking of, and obviously I don't know you very well, but I'm a, a, a what I do for a living is I'm actually a PE teacher. I uh, have coached football, basketball, golf, uh, you name it, I've coached it. And you seem like some... Some of the kids that I've coached, uh, there's a guy by the name of Kyle Vanbosch that um, played 11 years in the NFL. Um, LeVar Woods, um, he played in the NFL for like six years, and now he's the assistant coach at the Iowa Hawkeye football team. Um, This year, Brooklyn Meyer, uh, she would get up at 4.30 in the morning she would lift and then she would come in and do all of her shooting and dribbling stuff. And she ended up at South Dakota state to play basketball. That's she just actually moved in there. Um, but they all knew exactly what they wanted in life. Um, yeah. they, they, you know, they would wake up so early. Kyle Van Bosch had his own weight room in his garage. He wouldn't go out and party. He would lift weights because he knew he wanted to play you know, college football, and then he was lucky enough to move on. But to me, just knowing kind of those people, you seem driven just like they are. Um, do you, I mean, do you, you, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking that someday the way I, that you've done this interview, that you are going to end up with the world of outlaws or somebody's going to give you a chance. 
Well, thank you. I, I sure hope so. It has been a long uh, 12 or 13 year journey, but I mean, for me, faith has been a big part of it for me. And just, um, I guess just like racing for a greater purpose, like kind of like I told you at the beginning when I was talking about how I was like, as corny as it sounds like bawling happy tears for driving one lap around Knoxville in a go-kart. Um, but it did like, it meant so much to me when I was like 13, right. To do that. And I think it's easy, like the higher up you get and the more you race to start looking around at everybody else. And like jealousy is a real thing in our sport and it can be easy to, to always, I mean, somebody's always going to have something that you don't, right? Like somebody's always going to have the bigger house or yep. the nicer whatever. And I think in racing, it's so easy to, to do that. And it is hard, like at the 410 level. I mean, there's a lot of people that would love to have what I have, but for me, like I can't afford to race more than, um, you know, like I said, like 20, 30 times a year. And do I have some nice equipment? Absolutely. Like I've been blessed with some really nice, um, some really nice equipment that allows me to do what I do. But, you know, there's other things like our truck, like is not, um, <laughs> it's not very, uh, not very beefy. Um, let me just put it that way. And, um, you know, like my mule, <laughs> my mule is a 2002 mule and I've had to load it by hand a couple times this year. After it died. Um, just little things like that. Right. Like, yeah. of course there's always the, the thing that you like and it's easy to get down and frustrated and honestly this year like I've had every reason to um quit a lot of days when I was alone in the shop in Indy right and um it's it's definitely not easy but I think um for me like I would just I would just really appreciate the opportunity to um to just continue to reach those goals and yeah absolutely like to race on tour like I I just I don't want to say like I couldn't live without you know without it but it's just for me yeah. like that's everything that I I do in life and um I just can't yeah I can't even describe like it would just be amazing just to have like to have that opportunity um and to just I don't even know just to, to kind of do it like the right way you know and just to have like a really fair shot like would just be really incredible you bet Hey, we're going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions here. Just to wrap up. We don't want to keep you all night. <laughs> Although I'm really nice. enjoying this one. <laughs> What's your uh, favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, vanilla or cookie dough. Uh, are you a cat or dog person? I have one of each, and I would I love them both, but I'd probably lean towards dog. Okay. Um, do you have any hobbies outside of racing? It don't sound like you have a lot of free time, but... Um, it used to be, well, I mean, ninja has always been a big hobby, but recently I've taken up like skating, like ice skating and hockey. Ooh. Um, you have a favorite movie? Um, I can only imagine. Okay. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. First thing you drink when you wake up in the morning? Milk. Are you a snow or rain person? Rain. Okay, then in the same text, um, would you rather it be 105 or 5 degrees outside? Oh, easily 105. Oh, I thought today was great. It's like 75 and a little breeze and partly cloudy. <laughs> I love heat. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite place to eat? Where do you like to go out to eat? Um, if I'm in Iowa, I love waterfront and tasty tacos. Okay. There you go. Uh, what's your favorite holiday? Ooh, uh, it used to always be Christmas. Um, 
<laughs> I feel like when you're single, a lot of the holidays. <laughs> 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 um, uh, when you're a kid, holidays are so much fun. Um, I would say, yeah, Christmas is always a good one. Uh, I like the 4th of July. I think that's a fun holiday. Uh, what app on your phone do you use the most? Uh, my, my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> that's check, awesome. Check your bank. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to eat? <laughs> What did you say? What is your favorite thing to eat? Uh, probably sushi or I Ooh. eat, I live off of um, Sargento Balance Breaks. Well, remind me, we go, if we if we won't go out to eat together if we have to eat sushi. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> uh, where are uh, we at? How many, how many speeding tickets have you had? Oh, darn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rough guess. Uh, I think two, maybe two, if you're counting one of those camera things. Oh, oh yeah, it all counts. Okay. <laughs> two, that's a low number for a race car driver. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I got in like one warning, I think, on top of that. But What Gio say? Did Gio say he drives like a grandpa on the yep, road or yep, something yeah, like that? I don't think he's ever had one or something. <laughs> what, oh, what's, the, what's the fastest you have personally driven on the highway? Ooh, on the highway? Oh, gosh, that's embarrassing. Um... Oh man, uh, I hope my parents don't listen to this one. Um, <laughs> we won't. We won't tell them about it. I don't know. Probably like I'm guessing like ninety or hundred something. Oh, that's, well, that's nothing. That's, that's too nothing. Bad. Couple they, couple guys have driven crotch rockets and they've yeah, gone they're like one forty, one fifty. It's yeah. yeah. So crazy speeds. Um, what's your favorite thing to drink? Uh, well milk again but um okay. if you want something more exciting like, no <laughs> no it's whatever you like that's all we ask i love i love milk that's perfect and if you could own any car in the world um what would you like to have to drive like on the road yeah, yeah. Anything. anything whether it's on the road or on the dirt we don't care what's your favorite thing what would you really like to have um well i would like to have like if it was for me personally i would like to have a ford raptor and if if it was in general, I'd like to have a better, like a sports chassis to pull my racing trailer. There Perfect. That's all we ask. <laughs> hey, McKenna, we thank you so much for coming on. I, I know yeah, I reached you out to you me. and you, you kind of said, wait until I know what's going on a little bit more. But uh, thanks so much for reaching back to us. And uh, is there anything else you want to say about racing or anything else before we let you go? Um, I don't think so. Just thank you to all of our fans and sponsors and supporters. It's It has been really good to be back in Iowa and be back at Knoxville and see everybody again. And I look forward to a great summer. All well, right. if you're at the Nationals, we'll make sure and stop down and say hi. Yeah, we're planning on it. All, all right. right. Well, well, we, we wish you the best. Yep. Best thank, of luck on the rest you. of the season, whatever you get accomplished. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. See ya. Okay. Bye. The Laurel Ridge Barn. It can host corporate events, fundraisers, award ceremonies, family reunions, photography studio time, and always weddings. This barn is absolutely spectacular. If you have not seen it, you have to go to their website, laurelridgebarn.com. Um, you can also call them at 605-951-0867. You can call or text that number. Again, that's 605-951-0867.
They are located at 4767 Slip Up Creek Road. No, I didn't make that up. It's 47677 Slip Up Creek Road in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So if you have a wedding or any of those other things, give them a look because I'm telling you, this place is amazing. Hey, another episode of Hoagie's Garage done. It was everything I thought it might be. I really, that gal, I like her. She can talk good. She, the stuff she's doing with kids. I mean, when she's, she's got this nationwide stuff like going on and there's the website she gave for people that they want to help. And that, that's impressive. That girl, for being 25. Do you, can you imagine moving to Indianapolis? No. Buying no. a one-way ticket? No. I don't even <laughs> want to drive to Indianapolis and come back home. I, I mean, you know. Like, calling, calling churches to try and find somewhere to live. Uh, no, I couldn't do it. I said, well, we, we told her we grew up in Leicester with 200 and some people, and there wasn't even a stop sign in Leicester when I was growing up, <laughs> let alone yeah. traffic. Oh, so, I just no, can't imagine. But no, that, that, that was an impressive interview. I liked that. And then the, I think the funniest part was Casey Kane kind of, you know. Oh, yeah. She didn't know who her, he was. Chased her down, and then you know, and she, she wasn't she, even there for that. No, so. she didn't know who Casey Kane was, uh, and that's what got her started in racing. I yeah. thought that was a great story. Yeah. Well, I I truly hope uh, somebody gives her a chance. Yeah. You know, whether it's a local run that maybe can go bigger or whatever, yeah. but I, I I hope the best for her. I, I you know she just seems like she's the person. She's going to give you everything she has. Yeah, she'll give you one hundred and ten percent. That's so. for sure. But, yeah, so thanks so much to McKenna yep. to, for being on the show. And we got two more yet coming later today, yeah, um, so. as long as they work out. But yeah. I think we have Elliot Amdahl coming on, if I'm saying that right. And then uh, Kennedy. Thomas Kennedy. Yep. Our, 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 uh, our first out-of-the-states interview. He's from We're going to cross the border. Canada. Yeah. So, all right, we'll talk to you a little bit later then. Yep, have a great night.